0: Greetings everyone, this is V, aka Vernon English, and yes, I'm actually excited to explain this one to you, and I have to go through my second book, and because this is still the preview from the first book that I'm reading to you, I want to make sure that I get everything in it. Particularly speaking, I want to make sure that all of the chapters line up and everything is all good for the rest of the book and the sequential order that it is, it's not just necessarily something that I peruse or just piece together. I always love piecing a table of contents with some sense of how I want the entire thing to turn out, and it's always a good thing because then I get the frame of reference of how certain stories can meander and interact with one another now the writing process in itself has always been a fun thing for me and and i'm glad i'm keying you into it because then i get to change it while i get off And, and i'm always saying this and like oh well me explaining this to you guys helps me write better and yes it does so if someone for instance is writing themselves they can explain it to someone and then get a better reference of what they were thinking and what they were doing it's always a good thing to do Uh, I find it as a, a great tool to have and not necessarily just posting something online and getting comments for it which also is a good thing of doing as well and getting a frame of reference so needless to say the second book was different, and the fourth book is different, and the third book is different. Each book has its own way of how it came together, which added to the reason why it's different. And not to go off in tangents, but basically I had one shot and it was the first instance, second only to the first book, but this one I purposefully did it where I would interject a story that had no continuity to the original story that I had from the first book. And that was purposeful. And it made sense because a lot of the stories from the first book had at least two to three installments for it. The characters were doing something, and they felt collaboratively endeavored, with this and me signing up for that to add on a character and then to describe said character and to describe their motives was a challenge and it still is even to understand someone's plight or even understand a lot of different things of a character the setting, their mindset their decisions and choices you could spend afternoons and afternoons trying to figure out how to basically change and rework how your story comes off to others but ultimately I washed my hands with it and basically said that if I write something then it will ultimately be or belong to the person that is viewing it or reading it which is why I'm so thankful for all the listeners five of you guys six seven eights and then soon to be tens and twelves and soon maybe a hundred people or so but anyway Excuse me, and um, yeah, that was basically the mindset and where I was at. Excuse the tangents, and, and I'm just really excited to read this one to you today. And it's a funny thing because I was developing these different stories, right? And this is my head, and, and I would watch a program or I watch something like The Defenders or Marvel. And I would just completely rework everything that I had previously seen. Like, it didn't make sense to me. I I would make a character up. And this is one of those instances where the prime question that I want people to understand is nature versus nurture. Who are you at your core? It rings true and makes truly the most profound sense to say that someone has done something because well they were trained to do that or they felt the need to do said thing when to me it doesn't make sense where there's a nurture part to it where even besides uh, a genetic predisposition someone can be raised with a loving environment and raised with a, a different know-how or thinking of the world differently in a different worldview Inherently, that person would be different than what they would have been had they stayed in an original environment. There's so many different ways of looking at it. And every person that I mention this to always understands. Every person that I speak this to, there is no sense of, oh, well, maybe, oh, can you explain it again? Or, No. To each and every person that I tell this to and the story, they always, always, always understand nature versus nurture. Nature is that part where you are innate, it's behavioral, it's something that someone cannot undeniably and unequivocally deny about you because it's your skin or it's your nails or your eye color. It's something where, as a male, you have that quality of speaking and commanding something. And and the same can be said of anyone, regardless of race or sex, but it just has to be from a male. It's automatically, unequivocally known that the nature part is something that that person does. And the nurture part, that's the curious thing about it about everything is how you treat one another and ultimately when you leave this place all of the experiences that have happened to you the culmination in what that truly can bring that is the most precarious and curious thing about it is to say something about someone or to say it and then them have a quality that you can't quite put your finger on and that's where i sit on on the fence about is because regardless of if someone or someone in a a person's life has done something that's that person and that's the genetics behind it you can attribute it to that if you would like but we are glazing over a lot of different things when uh, a person has the decisions to make every day everybody has a decision and so if a person decides to do something else and go against the grain and go against all of the things that they were taught just because that's see there you go it it may teeter on nature or it could teeter on nurture like this person has been nurtured to be good or to be fashion and to be respectful but then inevitably that person goes and does what they want. Like, (laughs) There's so many different ways of looking at it that I can't really quote-unquote per se that this is technically the way that certain things go if a person does something psychologically. I found this subject. I found a subject that I could constantly go back to And constantly peruse over without sounding like a a nerd so much. I know I, I sound like a nerd but not so much as like a pretentious nerd that uses ginormous words the whole entire time. I would like someone to understand what it is that I'm saying so that they can tell the story to someone else in case they do. And Granted, we have television, we got Netflix, we've got Amazon, got so many other different avenues of looking at things that there's rarely a point where someone mentions something and it, it is a point of continuity. Or they say that, oh, you need to check this out, and then afterwards, the next week, they don't mention the same story ever again. And that goes for the book, that goes for anything. My thing is that... I want to mention my story to someone else again in a conversation when they already think that they know how everything is going to go. That's the biggest surprise for me. And it's not just uh, an ego-based or self uh, pat on the back type of mentality. It's me utilizing my gifts so that I can give it to someone else and on the off chance with someone speaking with me they would never even know that I am a writer or that I have an audiobook or that I'm working on different projects and that also is the gift as well one of the gifts of life and where I attribute how even on the street level even on this platform to to give these things so that you can think on them later or you can have an imagination or a daydream or even a dream and then still come back and be like hey ooh, okay so I read that and I heard that story but now he's explaining the story differently what what else happened Mike? I, I want those inquisitive minds to constantly think and peruse and push themselves because that's where the imagination starts that's where a lot of awesome stuff happens on a daily basis where you can never be bored it can never just be a boring day for you, There's so much stuff going on. And so this is one of those instances with this story where a person wakes up and it's called angry ANCST, angst. And it was a play on words for angry or people being angry at something because of waking up without memories. And ideally, people think of a perfect society being utopian-esque, or that everything they ask for being given to them, and there is no sense of, what would you call, um, sense of strife, or sense of challenges in between getting said things, because everything is readily available, everything is always there. And so... This one just begins with this man, Freud, who has a discussion, and he's forgotten everything, but he's just going through all the motions and not even feeling upset about it, which is a play on words. He's just feeling a different way about how his society views things. And so it says, a man, Freud sat working with the others. Deciphering speech sounds clicks. Hmm. When one was needed playing Mahjong to go another round from chess. And this is just a a play on words, uh, chess. Um, Play of Mahjong is a different version of a different strategic game. And so when none was needed playing Mahjong to go another round from chess. And that's just basically picking up himself and understanding a different round or a different strategy and looking at things. And that's how he thought and could put on airs only proof an exciting time period his slim face gave rise to his high cheekbones tan skin and natural brown so much beauty society was easy peaceful pacifists defying needlessly over to which they thought creation was everyone's birthright forcing another reality onto someone was criminal so it was decreed in the first 10 decacycles and so that's one of those mentions again of decacycles and things that a time differentiation of how and the scale of the large enormity of celestial. And I I kind of section off time, not kind of, I do, by decacycles and could be 10 times our days, most undoubtedly if you go off of the scale of the size of our sun. But I wanted it to be just as a form in the first two books and i don't even know i utilize it in the third quite slightly of this description of time and so also uh, something of to be of note and in these one shots i have different instances of things such as where they describe a different type of what would you call I have a um, what do you call this a different setting right and so they say pacifist but then too it, it was criminal in this different society so different societies in celestial some technologically advanced some spiritually advanced some in nature and some all the way in tech you could basically attribute this society being in between all of them but still having a sense of peace. And it was one of the only rare occurrences where I say that, oh, well, this one is in peace. These people understand things, but they don't want to battle and kill and rape and pillage one another. They just want to figure out what's going on. And they have everything with them. So they're kind of just in a dream state and just starting over. And, and so that's where it says pacifists are fighting needlessly over that to which they thought creation was everyone's birthright forcing another reality onto someone was criminal. So it was decreed in the first 10 decacycles. And so basically they're understanding the power and the things that they wield, their imaginations, their minds. They're, they're just going through the motions. And basically this gentleman is there doing the same and he's contributing to uh, what it was that he viewed his society. And he says that he was tired to the outer realms he went. And so then there were caves out there and from there it, you could think of pueblos or these clay houses versus something very shanty um, and not to make shots at shanty houses from the early nineteen hundreds and things like this uh, from the depression era but it was just a, a cool scene that I had where it was somebody who basically was in the society he went He he did his work, he did his debating, he designed some things, he wrote some ideas down, he said some stuff, and then he was tired. He was like, alright, I'm just going to go now. I'm going to take a nap, and then I'm going to try to hack away at it again. And and that's what he chose, is his duty, or even what he wanted to do in society. And it says, a turquoise self-designated mistress showed him the way to sleepful resolution amongst the caves. And so it was kind of like, if you compare it to not a hotel, not a motel, not a shelter, it was more in the society the way things operated was not communist like. It was something non socialist like because certain people had things that they claimed as their own own rooms, own things. This one was more of a different type of society that operated that creation was their birthright so the, the point of arguing over things would only amount to a solution and obviously this is crazy and egregious talk that I speak of but it's just something that I thought of as a dream something I thought of as a cool story where pacifists actually existed in celestial and they were actually not boring like they actually got down and even had debates and argued and things, and had interesting surprises. And so at the end of this, like I said before, I liked uh, great stories from the 1960s and 50s, and not so much Star Trek, but Star Trek is amazing, live long and prosper, more or less along the lines of Alfred Hitchcock and uh, The Twilight Zone, or Rod Serling. And, and I wanted to leave these one shots with surprises at the end so that someone, like a comic book, and I'll say this, and I don't even know if i mentioned this before, where you read a comic book and it says to be continued. And so you're like, what? To be continued, what? Well, what happens next? And then you gotta wait like three weeks until the next installment comes out. So it's always that thing where in mine, I explain it quite slightly. And so when you see it, there's a, the cool interpretation of just the characters in themselves and how they change I appreciate it a lot just because I can go back and redesign the characters but I wanted them to have this sense of surprise for myself and it happens that way where I'm just looking at a whole bunch of stories and I go back and I say oh what's this and I'm looking oh wow that that was a great ending so basically I, I like tying these or even juxtaposing them two stories that I've seen uh, in reality or in television or on uh, just basically a clip of. And so basically this one says, Cool rooms, he laid his head upon something softer than our world's softest wolves, rotten to dream's door. Horrible, the name Les Manfred heard in his head. What? Who? What is it? He answered, your ancestor. And so that's where that one ends. And so basically, he is wrestling up, he's going to his place of rest for the night, and basically, I also want this to be of note too, is how the society operates, and how there are so many. I mean, I have one in the ice kingdom of a desert, so it's an ice kingdom literally in the middle of the desert. You have floating islands, you've got technologically advanced cities and things, but None of them operate quite like this. Where there are also other than manphroids that are on like um, the top of the trees. And, and they are basically operating in this same type of light. But they argue way, 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 way more than this one-shotted story. And I actually have an addition to it where... The, they have another conversation and the one shot just becomes two and three. But you, you must understand that to have a society where they are pacifists is not a boring thing. And it's not something that is impossible to even fathom. It's just something that people colloquially have amongst themselves as if their whole entire society before the reboot and they forgot all of their memories and things was something that they knew that was of peace they, they found this brother like quality between one another and they fostered those things and they helped one another and they knew that, that that person was their perspective and then that person standing behind their eyelids was their own perspective and differentiating between the both would not come as an affront or would not be a problem to how they chose to live their lives and that in itself baffles me as I, I finished this one and then to have a spirit interject or someone disembodied from their body and him basically coming in chiming in and saying horrible and, and the curiosity of the things that he did not like and and the person going to sleep was just like wait what the impossibility of itself and so also to be of note and i tell people this as well when developing this type of story it was so much and many things to play with and it was fun because when you have no books no cds no hieroglyphs nothing recounting of the past you can interject anything in a story mermaids creatures flying mythical gods goddesses like you could put anything in a time frame where it makes sense the impossible makes sense and and just because someone didn't say that it was possible did not mean that it very well could be possible and so that's all wanted someone to think today appreciate it so much you guys like more of the content the faster i upload it i kid you not get like five likes or something like this and a subscription i'm uploading like every four or five hours i got a bajillion ideas no joke so thank you so much for the listens i appreciate it so much this is v aka vernon english peace